So yeah, like pull, pull it right up and you can just, you can adjust it up if you need to. This, this swivels like this, John, you lift it up and down. Okay. But you got to get like right on it. Right there. Right there. Right there. How's your, uh, your level in your cans? All right. Sounds good. Yeah. Good, man. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, dude. How was your float? Oh man. How long was that? You were in there for two hours. I lost, two hours and 15 minutes. I lost all sense of time. I didn't have a clue. You could have told me 10 minutes. You could have told me, I don't know, four hours or something. I don't know. Um, and then, was there music you turned on? Yeah. I went in and I was, um, I know you like to stay in there long. Yeah. I knew we were going to jump on the podcast. Yeah. So I figured, hey, man, let's, let me put the music on for John so we can have some feedback that was for good it. that was good so those are um they're solfeggio frequencies yeah i figured it was so like you said you're like i'm going crazy with the music on or am i going <laughs> well i, I know going? i'm going crazy but yeah. that's another subject yeah yeah but um yeah so it, it's like it's so subtle and i love it because the way i see it and this is how it makes sense to me yeah is that magnesium magnifies as a property yeah so we've spoken about like when you're in there, if your own energy is being magnified or your thoughts are being magnified because they can uh, contain, they are frequency. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you pump in these solfeggio frequencies mm -hmm. into there and they're being magnified mm -hmm. through and bounced around mm -hmm. off the fiberglass mm -hmm. of the tank. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, you can feel it. Yeah, you sure yeah, can. Yeah, totally, man. It totally. vibrates through the whole medium. It does. And it, it's almost like you can send waves out and you can feel them bounce around and come back. Pretty you know? wild, right? Yeah, crazy. Yeah. I'm crazy. glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. Thanks. Thanks. Um, God, you know, everything gets tuned out, and it's amazing where the mind goes, right? Um, you know, I don't know, and to me... You know, the human experience moment to moment, um, it's, it's our senses firing, it's our thoughts firing, and it's our emotional reactions to those. And the thing that the tank does, for me anyway, is, you know, you've got sound, you've got sight, you've got smell, you've got taste, you've got feeling. And so, other than the music being turned on, the sound goes away. Yep. And then it's so dark in there. You don't know. I mean, you can open your eyes and close your eyes, and unless you feel your eyelids opening and closing, you don't know if they're open or closed, so it's completely dark. Yeah. So the sound is gone. The sight is gone. You're floating in this gravitationalist state. And so your sense of... of like where your body is and, you know, where your body ends and where the water begins, it's like all that goes away. And so your, 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 um, your tactile feelings are removed as well. Mm -hmm. And so all that's really left is, um, you know, you can smell a little bit. You can smell the salt a little bit. And if the salt gets in your mouth, or if the water gets in your mouth, you can taste it a bit. But, but all that's really gone. And so, if you if if there are five senses, you know, three of them are taken away, and two of them are just barely functioning. And so, what you're really left with is you're left with your thoughts, and then you're left with whatever emotional reaction you have to those thoughts. And so. I mean, you're in that freaking tank, man. It's and it's you and your thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's it. That's all that's in there. Yeah. And then um you know, when when you're when the noise I don't mean sound noise, but but the worldly sense noise sort of goes away and you know, you're there in that peaceful uh, relaxing state, your mind starts to really slow down. And when your mind slows down to the point where it's just you and your thoughts, you can you can really begin to pay attention to 
what those thought patterns are. And when you slow down long enough to pay attention to the thought patterns, you can you can sort of see patterns that repeat themselves. Um, you know, I think studies have been done where they say you've got close to 70,000 thoughts a day that float through your head, which is crazy because it's more than one a second. And some of those are conscious and some of those are subconscious. But but when you when you're able to slow it down to the point where you can begin to observe those thoughts, you can then, to some extent, objectively look at, like, where's, where's this thought coming from? And what is my emotional reaction to the thought? And what trigger is, is that setting off? And um, is this thought... I mean, is it is it is it is it fact or is it fiction? Um, is it fear based? You know, projecting into the future, um, some sort of worry or anxiety or you know some sort of demon that we're creating that might occur. Um, or is it is it um, replaying the tape that happened in the past? You know, something that we're still holding resentments onto or grudges or angers or guilt or shame or whatever it is. And and the thing is, you know, so I think Mark Twain said something about I've I've had lots of worries in my life and none of them or very few of them have 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 come true. And so a lot of that fear future based stuff it's just it's just fictions that that we're creating it's our ego trying to hang on to its own sense of identity and then the the stuff that's happened in the in the past we're we're like trying to remember what that was or our mind is replaying some tape of what that was and um <laughs> who knows if that tape that if that tape that we're replaying of that of that you know resentment or or anger that we're hanging on to or regret or shame or whatever guilt or whatever it is who who knows is if if what the if, if what we're bringing in the present moment is even close to what <laughs> what really happened way back when and so m- most of that stuff that's rattling around up there uh, it's just crap, and the tank helps you. It 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 helps remove the sense distractions. I think, and it helps you relax to the point where your mind's able to slow down, and you're you're left you're left with your thoughts and you're left with your emotional reactions, and and then you can you can hopefully be a bit more objective about looking at those loops that we get caught in up into. You told me you actually started a spreadsheet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I started meditating, um, maybe four or five years ago. Um, and over time that meditation practice has, has sort of morphed and changed and, um, it has continued to strengthen over time. I'm, I'm, I don't know what I meditate a day now, maybe an hour and a half or so. And it's not like I sit down for 90 straight minutes. It's And sometimes I do that, but it's, you know, 20 minutes here and 30 minutes there and 45 minutes here, and you sort of cobble it together, and it was an hour and a half through the day. Um, but <clears throat> to me, that's just a so, – so there's that piece of it which is important. But um, again, I think what the meditation practice for me does is is allows you to slow your mind down where you can observe your thoughts. And then the second piece that I do is maybe not every day, but I don't know, a handful of times a week, I'll sit down for 10 minutes after I've gone through a good 
meditation or maybe I've done a good float, I'll come back and I'll do it, is, is I'll, I'll try to remember what those repetitive thought patterns were. And, and I actually have an Excel spreadsheet that I keep and I sort of, um, every month I'll, I'll do a copy and paste of the previous months and I'll bring that current month over and some stuff stays on there and some stuff, I don't know, just cleared itself up and it's not there anymore. And then there's new stuff that appears. Mm. But but every month I'll, I'll have, I don't know, anywhere from 150 to 200 different thought patterns that, that um, continue to loop through. And I'll actually write those down. And it... it it sort of gives me a way of capturing what those are, putting them on paper, um, and then looking at them. And, and like, <laughs> what is this, man? And um, where did it come from? And is it real? Um, is, it, is it fact or is it fiction? What emotional trigger comes as a result of it mm-hmm. um you, you know i've i've heard s- said that you know you you need to reach a point where thoughts are just like clouds and they just sort of pass in front of you um but i'm not at the point where they can just pass i've <laughs> i've got to work a little bit yeah. to, to help them move on by and you know i mean there's some emotional baggage that those thoughts trigger that that i've got to i've got to I've got to deal with and and um, you know what what I try to do is you know there's some of that stuff that's real that you know you can do something about and and you need to put a plan together you know to do something about those but but a lot of that stuff is just crap that that we're carrying around, and until you, it, for me, until I get it on paper, you know, it's there. But I get it on paper, and I start to think <laughs> it's silly. To create a little bit of context about what you're talking about, John, I think it's cool that would you say before you said you started meditating four or five years ago? Mm-hmm. Were you aware of these two hundred to two hundred and fifty thought patterns that you're having prior to that? Were you paying attention to that level of detail? No. To even notice, right? No, it was just noise. So would you, would it be fair, would it be a fair statement to say that the majority of the world or those who aren't meditating or those who aren't working towards this type of self-discovery, self-actualization, um, have this running in the background of their processor, so to speak, and that these, these thoughts, or we could also call them programs, mm-hmm that are running in the background mm-hmm. can also lead to current decision-making and current emotional state of beings that you aren't aware of because of this background program that's running that you may not be aware of. Yeah. And I think it e- even goes deeper than that. I think, um, the answer is yes. Um, but carrying it back further, the analogy that I, I use is our, our, our brain is, you know, you go to the Apple, you, you go to the Apple store and you buy a new laptop and it's, you know, it's nice and shiny and it's clean and it's got all this software on it. They can do all this great stuff, but none of the, none of the software, very little of the software has been downloaded yet. Mm-hmm. And, and the way I sort of think about it is, you know, that's the way we are when we're born. And, and, um, as time goes by, and this especially happens when you, we're young, where through our parents or through our families or, you know, through the neighborhood or, you know, whatever the, the context that we grew up in, a lot of those programs by default get sort of dumped into us, mm-hmm. you know? Um, what church you go to, what political party you believe in, mm-hmm. uh, if you're a Yankees fan or a Red Sox fan, um, 
you know, if you like to go to the mountains for vacation or like to go to the beach or, you know, it's, it's just a lot of that stuff when we're like two years old or four years old or six years old, it just sort of gets baked in. That's it. And, um, you know, you know, 30 years later, <laughs> going back to what you're saying, we're, we're making subconscious decisions um, or we're subconsciously reacting to situations based upon sort of the default programming that's there. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, I'd, I'd never really taken the time to unpack where some of that came from. You that's know? right. Right. And um, so, so you've, I, I think, I think you, it's almost like you owe it to yourself to, um, to determine how you want to live your life. And that's, I mean, that sounds great, but, but I, I mean, it's, it's almost like your whole worldview and your whole value system you've got to challenge where it came from and, and you've got to be sure that sort of where you are today, you're not just living in sort of the default mode because that's the way it's always been or, you know, that's what, you know, you were taught in school or that's what your, your, you know, your, your mom and dad told you. And, and, and maybe some of that is good and it's valid. But I think you owe it to yourself to challenge that thinking and and be sure that those that value system and that worldview and that programming it's there it's there by design and it's it's there by your choosing and it's not sort of a def, a default mode that's there and then once once you've taken the time to validate that then you can begin looking at how you're how you're living your life and how you're making the decisions and how you're reacting to experiences and um you you can have a more developed um maybe even being more truer to you who you are and mm-hmm. and and the way that you're living your life and making decisions mm-hmm through a programming that you've taken responsibility for. Just to put that in a little bit more context, to unpack that more for anyone listening, to follow what we're saying, John. The story that I was told that that holds true is um, my one friend uh, had a client that was doing a lot of floating, mm. and she was having a hard time holding on to relationships, mm-hmm. and she, like, self-sabotage, mm-hmm. typical like blowing up the relationship, not understanding why. Mm-hmm. And she was able to trace back to a childhood memory. Mm-hmm. She was preschool. Mm-hmm. So what's that? Three years old, mm-hmm. four years old, something like that. Mm-hmm. And her um, her mother, she was the last one standing there with the teacher. Mm-hmm. All the kids has le- had left. And I don't know if you remember how relative time felt when you were a kid, mm-hmm. but it felt like it would like just so long, right? Mm-hmm. Like Christmas night for us, like that. But when you're waiting for Santa mm-hmm. or, or Hanukkah or whatever it is to come the next morning, it's... Mm-hmm. It's forever. Mm-hmm. So this little girl standing there, she said it felt like forever for her mother to show up. The mother comes to pick her up and says to the teacher with a wink that the, the girl didn't see, well, sorry, I'm uh, late to pick up my daughter. I'm paraphrasing something to this extent, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, I'm late to pick up my daughter. You know, there's nowhere else I'd rather be than stuck in traffic or I'm, I would have much rather been stuck in traffic than being here. Mm-hmm sarcasm Mm -hmm. as an adult we get it Mm -hmm. obviously the mother doesn't want to be sitting in traffic rather than being with her Mm -hmm. her daughter who she loves and is there to care for Mm -hmm. she probably had angst to get there Mm -hmm. so the parent was trying to make light of the situation and joke with the teacher as an adult but what is that four-year-old mind here she hears what she hears she heard mom doesn't love me yeah i'm not deserving my mother doesn't dislikes me so much or doesn't care about me so much that she'd rather be in traffic mm-hmm. and in a car than picking me up. So that was the program that was running through this girl's mind, this deservability, not able to be loved, not worthy, et cetera. And that, when you have a program that starts, and there, there could be multiple of them, again, I'm just creating context mm-hmm. right now, that program then holds as a, as a truth 
for the new programs that you write. Mm-hmm. So now let's say hypothetically that I held that non-deserving, not good enough mom would rather be stuck in traffic. And then I start a relationship with John. Mm-hmm. Now you and I, platonic or not, we have a relationship. Mm-hmm. We start to move on that relationship. And in the back, that is a fundamental truth of where we're going to start from. Mm-hmm. And so it just works its way as like a, a reverse pyramid. Here's the truth. And then it goes this way. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Another um, another example that someone gave me to provide another visual of context for that was that, do you remember in uh, 1999 when they had the scare that when 2000 mm-hmm. hits, the code mm-hmm. wasn't going to go? Yeah. Y2K. Y2K yeah. and all the, all the computers weren't going to, and the data mm-hmm. programs weren't going to be able to keep up. Mm-hmm. So they made a fundamental truth that they took this, everything came from, like this and and pinheaded up they had all this data and they put it to the point of a pyramid again john they said okay if all this is true for why you know 1999 then y2k is this and they made this one fundamental point that all this was based off of all these programs and then it went from there so you can change something as that four-year-old girl Mm -hmm. or that four-year-old child and then it can take time but it can go through your entire programming and start to offset the truths in all the other programs that you hold and you'll slowly watch your life and your emotions as you start to recognize these patterns that you were talking about Mm -hmm. to your point well some of them i copy and paste the next month and some of them aren't there maybe Mm -hmm. they work themselves out or Mm -hmm. they just like and that's what happens Mm -hmm. it's your view of the situation yeah and and in the example that you're talking about um you know the woman, she she was blowing up relationships, and she could see the pattern, but it, it took a lot of work for her to figure out where that was coming from. You wow. know, yeah. Put yourself in a state to be able to peel that many layers of the onion mm-hmm. to be able to get that deep to find that. Mm-hmm. But you be able to, to to quiet yourself down that much. And that's what's so great about the tank also because as you were saying in the beginning, as you remove those senses, mm-hmm. you're just left with yourself. That's what we're talking about, being able to travel anywhere. Yeah. I love the fact yeah. that like if we're if if we if we create our reality, John, and you and I have our eyes open right now and we're looking at each other and we're we're projecting this and this is all coming back to us. I have a blank canvas in there when I open my eyes. Yeah. So if you close your eyes, you can meditate and see that same thing. When you open, you see this. Open or closed, it's the same there. So what message is that sending to your brain? Right. Does that make any sense yeah. to you? Yeah. Oh, wait, yeah. the eyes are open, and I'm seeing the same thing I'm seeing when I close my eyes. All of a sudden, that starts dream world, quote-unquote, whatever that means, and reality, quote-unquote, whatever that means, right. start, to, start to mesh, start to meld as far as your program is concerned. You know, it's... it's um or your senses. I was here a week or so ago floating, and, and you and I were, were talking a bit out in the hallway. John, and, tip this mic this way. Sorry. Just tip it down. No, you're just tip it Yeah, towards you. Oh, oh. This way, bud. You were going up. Put to the side so it's more where you were. Yeah, that's where your head's hanging. Um, and I'd come out of the float tank, and I think there was a yoga session that was breaking up, and there were a bunch of people, you know, getting their stuff together, leaving and, and someone overheard us talking and they asked what they, they, they asked what the tank was. Yeah. Didn't I was describing the tank and they were like, Oh, meditation, man, I've tried it. I just can't do it. And how, how many times is that? How many times have you heard someone say, I've tried meditation. I would love to do it, but I just can't sit. Yep. Right, mm-hmm. and what? So, so, what's your typical response when someone says that? I don't. I don't. It depends on the person. Yeah, yeah. It depends on who they are. I don't really have a typical one. Yeah, but it depends on whom I'm speaking with. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like to to me. It yes. It it takes discipline. And in the beginning, it's frustrating. You know, you, you, you sit down for, you know, two minutes or whatever, and your mind is racing a million miles and you're trying to focus and maybe you're counting breaths or maybe you've got a mantra that you're doing or, or, or whatever you're, you're, you know, what 
the particular practice that that you're trying and all of a sudden you know you're thinking about a phone call you need to make or a conversation you had earlier or you know worried about picking your daughter up at school or something you, you know your your mind starts doing what your mind starts doing and you know i think the the uh the typical response is this is too hard i'm not good at this <laughs> this isn't for me i suck too i'm done work, yeah. yeah i'm done you yeah. know i've tried it didn't work yeah but i i think i think you know your your mind is a muscle that can be trained and it's just a matter of um being disciplined or, or or having enough of a commitment of of realizing what the end game possibly could be where you're going to go through that those those awkward sessions in 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 the beginning and those awkward sessions might last you know for months but you know you you don't start meditating and all of a sudden you're doing an hour a day yeah i, I mean you've got to you've got to start small and you've got to build up to that yeah um and and i think i i think you can um i think if someone will just try it consistently for a period of time they'll they'll see that they can develop techniques where they can bring the mind under control or 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 begin to bring it under control let's say and the more they do it the amount of time that they can spend meditating throughout the day in various sessions can gradually increase and as that time increases sort of the the depth of your meditation practice will increase and the ability to slow the mind down and the ability be, to to begin to observe those thoughts and go through some of that pre programming reprogramming mm-hmm. that we're talking about you'll you'll relatively quickly begin to see the benefits of that yep. you just can't i, I mean you're you're going to get discouraged, but but you can't let that discouragement derail staying with the practice. Yeah. You know, I, I said it depends on whom I'm speaking with, right? Mm. So some people sit all day, John. Mm. So for them to sit more, the body also has programming here. You you mean you mean people are physically sitting like physically like at work or at, work, or at whatever, their yeah, desk yeah right. they're physically sitting all day right so if, if you if we're talking about programming and triggering and training muscles right mm. that muscle is I'm sitting at a desk I'm going to analyze these financials I'm going to do whatever I'm doing for a living mm-hmm. and I'm going to and I'm or read or whatever or work at this computer so mind think 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 this is when we turn so sometimes for I'll suggest a moving meditation. Mm-hmm. Move your DNA. Mm-hmm. Get up, stretch, move mm-hmm. your breath, bring mm-hmm. us as much breath in and out as you can. Mm-hmm. How often do, do, do most people even touch their toes and bring their head below their waist? Mm-hmm. Let that blood flow. Mm-hmm. Reach up, touch the sky, just open yourself up. Mm-hmm. And just by doing this, this starts to alter the consciousness. Mm-hmm. And then from there, focus on maybe standing mm-hmm. or even with your head down and mm-hmm. taking 10 breaths from there. Mm-hmm. Now you start to change mm-hmm. the neurological patterns mm-hmm. than, ju- than just the mm-hmm. actual sitting. Mm-hmm. So um, that's why my response is different. And then, but I'll have people like, to your point, they were coming out of yoga class. So obviously they, they just did that quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And they may say that, oh, we're, we're, I'm still having trouble meditating, right? Mm-hmm. Well, then, you know, watch the breath or uh, try to sit and just count. 10 inhales and yeah, 10 exhales. Yeah, yeah. That'll take you approximately two minutes. Mm-hmm. I found like an average breath count about every five will take yeah, about a minute yeah, yeah, or so. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's kind of where, where I send them. What, and, and one of the things I'll suggest to people is, um, you know, if you go for a walk, for example, 
and you know go for a mile walk or three mile walk or whatever it is. That's right. You know, the, I think the first thing we do is we pop the earbud put earbuds in, and yeah. you know we crank we, we cr- shut us off right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we listen to a podcast or we listen to music or or, or whatever. But um, one of the things that I've done is you know turn everything off, just walk and count breaths while you're walking. Yeah. And I I think every you know, I don't know what it is, every ten minutes it's about a hundred breaths for me or something. Yeah. And so you know, every time you count, you know, just just count breaths. Yep. Just count breaths. And yep. so if you're walking for thirty minutes, maybe you're gonna you're you're gonna count your breaths up to three hundred. Yeah. But I I I I think, you know, as as you're suggesting, you're you're moving your body. You're not, you know, sitting at a desk. You're out in nature, hopefully. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you can do it on a treadmill if you want, but I think it's much cooler to, to yeah. get outside where Absolutely. you can, you know, the sunshine is there and the wind's blowing and the birds are chirping and play with the Fibonacci sequence. Yeah, totally, man, totally. Um, and it it just gives you a a, a different uh, a different technique to again calm the mind down yeah and so here's here's where there's not a one size fits all right because if you're active if you're training yoga if you're doing jujitsu if you're even just working out what you know you're 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 at and hitting the weights and stuff and you're moving your body you're getting a lot of exercise and it's still hard for you to sit still mm-hmm. then maybe sitting still is what you need to work on if you sit still all day then moving is what you need to work on it's just like Try to stretch your body, and I don't mean stretch. Like take yourself on a get get uncomfortable. Yeah. is a better way to say it. Get yourself uncomfortable somehow to where you're pushing outside your comfort zone than you normally do, and that will immediately start to alter. And then from there, go right. I mean, my friend Peter Mount Shasta. I mean, Vipassana starts right with the breath. Mm-hmm. He just says that's the best meditation you can do. Watch the inhale and the exhale. Just watch it flow in and out of the body. Um, I had this also this one exercise I used to try to do is. Um, count backwards from 100 mm-hmm. to zero mm-hmm. and watch my breath. And I said used to because I haven't mm-hmm. done it in a while. And mm-hmm. I, I, I like never got past like 80 or 70. Mm-hmm. I'd just be gone. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I got to start again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Where so, was I? Was I on 90? Was yeah. I on 80? I forget. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I didn't be like, no, I was on 80. Definitely. Yeah, yeah that's definitely. the reason I got to 70. It's <laughs> <Totally. laughs> like gone. Totally. But even trying to do that, John, it's just like, whew, yeah, it, it just disappears. Yeah, and and going back to what we were saying a moment ago. So for me, the meditation aspect is one half of the coin. The other half of the coin is observing those thoughts. Mm -hmm. And so the meditation allows you to slow your mind down enough where where you can begin to see what's going on up there. Mm -hmm. But, but, But then you've got to take the time to do the second part is is you got to figure out what those 70,000 thoughts are that are bouncing around up there yeah um which ones are you know repetitive thoughts uh which ones are negative toxic thoughts and and then you you you've got to you got to have some process where where you begin looking objectively at those and as you described in the example having a way where where you can trace that back where did that come from and is that um is that valid do i believe that today um is it based upon fact or is it just a load of crap that's that's just banging around up there yeah my interpretation and what was that interpretation based off right and we started we started um I forget what the exact question was, but we got on the need to be right. Mm. Mm. You had asked me something and you said, what is the X, Y, and Z? And I said, John, I think it's, I think it goes back to people's need to be right. Yeah. 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 And, um, I think the need to be right, not, not to get too Buddhist here, but I think it's that ego and it's how we define our, our, uh, separateness in the world. Um, you know, I, I I think I was t- telling you about a book I was reading. Um, Lawrence Levy, who was the CFO of Pixar, had just written yeah, a book right. on his experience when he joined Jobs at 
Pixar and how, you know, it was a struggling company and Jobs had invested $50 million in it and they couldn't figure out what they were going to do and Toy Story had not come out yet and, you know, Steve was worried about should he keep putting money in this thing and this was back in the 80s and he had been fired from from Apple and, you know, the whole thing was a mess. And, And they ended up obviously being very successful. And it happened relatively quickly. And, and, and one of the points that Lawrence Levy makes in the book is that um, one of the big reasons that they were able to be as successful as they were is that, and he, he, he really compliments uh, Steve Jobs for this, is that, is that Jobs never got defensive about having been right or wrong of decisions that he had made in the past, it was like, you know, how we got here doesn't matter. So what now? What? Yeah. 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 I mean, it's all in the past. It doesn't matter. It doesn't fix the problem. You know, we're in the present. Um, let's put our egos aside and let's figure out what the right answer is. Yeah. And you know, we have to do that in our own lives and that's tough. But we've got to have the courage to do it. Yeah. And that line in the sand that you're drawing, mm-hmm. or that need, and I mean, these are patterns. These are patterns that we have to where. And then I got. I started telling you about the intention that I've been holding in class about give or so last three to four weeks was on responsibility, mm-hmm. and responsibility to take. I'm going to do a little wordplay here. But to take responsibility, to sit down and do your meditation, to get in the tank, to do your yoga practice, to be to be committed to some type of self improvement, and what does that that by taking that responsibility, it's shifting your response dash ability. Mm. It's shifting your ability to respond. Mm. It's going to change your filter and say maybe in that because you don't know what you don't know. And that's where good coaching comes in, and that's where 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 good um, a good practice comes in. So you can be aware of these patterns mm-hmm. and say, "Hmm, well, this this is showing up a lot in a lot mm-hmm. of my relationships mm-hmm. here." Or I notice that I keep I keep falling back into this into the same pattern, and that's why you know I'm not putting anyone down for going you know to do New Year's resolutions and all that. Like <laughs> God bless you if 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 it works for you, but in my experience just because the Gregorian calendar is going to change to 2019 right now, mm-hmm. all of a sudden that's going to make my patterns change. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden that's going to, I'm going to have some huge revelation and breakthrough as to what the root cause of all my, my thinking has been in my programming since I was born. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. And just, and, and, and I'm going to top that off with, with partying mm-hmm. rather than like, you know, quiet meditation and really seeing what I, you know, what it is that I need to, actually hit these goals Mm -hmm. so a lot of that comes into play for me john and um i see the i see the pattern you know even even in in the fitness business Mm -hmm. you'll have a surge (laughs) right now and it's like cool and like i really wish these you know new people that come in hopefully every year more and more stay Mm -hmm. and they find a rhythm they they create a they create a pattern to stay but how many people come in and and there's there's business models and I know this because I've I've studied them a because I wanted to learn what I needed to to get into the business here, um, and obviously I chose not to go with those models. And also I have uh, developer friends that have different chains that they put into there, and so they study these models mm-hmm. to where it's to get as many members as you can and hope that they don't come. Hmm. Just get them, just get as many members as you can, mm-hmm. and and like to 10x mm. the capacity that the facility can hold. It's like an airline overselling seats. Yeah. yeah. Or like or like a bank that knows like if everyone did a run on, on yeah. withdrawals, yeah. they don't have enough deposits in. Yeah. It's leveraged. And you'll know that not everyone's going to be in for that time. The majority of people are going to fall off, but they're going to still get that that residual income for whatever the contract was. And it's just like you're playing off of the the pattern that's been created. And so now we have our individual patterns and uh, Heather and I were talking about this. It's like, listen, 
everyone's a snowflake you're all individual like you know don't want to offend anybody but at the same time there's this juxtaposition to where you're really not that different Mm -hmm. and so like we have like our like all our stories if you put them out on the table like the end of the day they're not going to be that far off from each other and they may be they may have like different characters in them and in a different setting but the fundamental mother father family divorce kids like these things are going to continue to show up. Mm. Uh, we're talking about the hero's hero's journey. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we have these, these patterns that happen and now, so we'll have our individual things that we have to deal with, but I see also like on a higher elevation, this group think that happens, this, what society is, is, is all pushing towards at once and to elevate out of that and to, and to try to, to make some sense as to, am I, in this one training I did, they called it the drift. Am I just going, am I going with the drift and kind of just like bobbing? Or am mm-hmm. I like trying to gain some elevation? So like, am I, am I out of the seven days out of the week, do I hate five, <laughs> five of them and, and pray just for two of them to where I go pollute my body, mm-hmm. probably spend the majority of my income, mm-hmm. make a mess you know continue these this this wheel of some scar these perpetual habits these programs that we're talking about and then monday go back to my dreaded life mm. so i um i hate five sevenths yeah. of, of, yeah. of yeah. my entire existence yeah so l- let me go back to the to your your model here so yeah are you attracting a different type of clientele here that's more committed to the, to the practice and the process or is is there something that you're doing differently with them when they walk in the door? Um. So I don't I didn't really study what the other people are doing when mm-hmm. they walk in the door, John. Mm-hmm. But I just and I'm not and this isn't saying that other people don't either. But for me, I can only speak on my own experience. Is that um. My my goal is to create a tribe, mm-hmm. and and this is this is a. You're, you're, uh, you give you the perfect example, and mm-hmm. for everyone listening too, your daughter came in the other mm-hmm. day, right? Mm-hmm. And she said to you, oh, "You got this is the second or third time you guys you, you, you're hugging, and like mm-hmm. we were like that the second we met. Mm-hmm. So, and then you've you've come back once a week or multiple mm-hmm. times since then, a lot, yeah. yeah. And and also thank you because I know Heather hasn't floated yet, mm-hmm. but I know she cares very much about your opinion and you and, and values like the work that you do for your, for, on yourself, not, not your job work, but the, how hard you work at, at self, at self actualization and in your self improvement process. And Heather saw what we were doing here. She saw mine and your, our connection. Mm-hmm. And she was like, this is real, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and, and believes in, in what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. And, that's the difference mm. to sum it up, like I, how to articulate and, and put how that goes mm-hmm. into each mm-hmm. words that mm-hmm. in, into each person rather. Mm-hmm. That would be like saying um, how I how I suggest each what each person does to meditate or further. Per- it's going to mm-hmm. be it's going to be a little bit different for each person. Mm-hmm. But when you come into Summis, when you leave here, to put it in one word is transformed. Mm-hmm. That's that's the mission statement to experience your highest self. So to to be here to to be in service, John. And to to create a community, a tribe of like-minded people that um, that are all working on their own shit, mm-hmm. that are that are looking for. Because listen, man, it's going to wear off. We're all our our, our meat wagon <laughs> is gonna is going to gain years, mm-hmm. and we can do our best to to stay young and take care of it, and you know get into regeneration and bioregeneration we can talk about all that also and we do get into that and, and and how to how to be healthy also with your intake but your intake not just your food but you know the type of water you drink and the food that you drink and no sugar things like not you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. to, to to limit to limit what you're doing but this meat wagon is going to go away so if it's all about how many followers i have on solely on on social media and it's only about how i look and it's on a superficial level skin level of the way we view one another that's not going to be very fulfilling and in my experience 
you'll be looking for the next gimmick, Mm -hmm. the next fad workout, the next whatever that is. And for here, it's the moving. It's it's not just the jujitsu. It's not just the yoga itself. It's the practice of the consistency of the community of living by the core values, learning, growing, improving, being respectful, being humble, also having fun Mm -hmm. and, and, and being together. And once you move your DNA and keep that consistency, knowing that there's more we can do and having tools like the float tank to go and check these programs and, Mm -hmm. and learn and, and, and up your game. Mm -hmm. And it, and it, and it compounds because there's not, what we're doing different here is there's not a lot of people or, or um, not a lot of facilities that have what we have in general or have the combination of what mm-hmm. we have. And I believe that that's very special. The modalities that I have here I used for myself when I was um, going through my experience with cancer, mm-hmm. um, other than the cryo, the cryo's new, but the, the float tank mm-hmm. and the infrared sauna were super instrumental and yoga. Mm-hmm. I got into yoga, John, because my integrated doctor at the time um we we were talking a lot about the way uh, electricity is a fundamental part of the human body mm-hmm. and he told me at the time he said um all right well you know you're dealing with this this uh stage 2b hodgkin's lymphoma and this is what's happening and without getting too into depth he goes i need you to do something that's going to stimulate the electrical production in the body because the majority of dis-ease is based on how the organs communicate. Mm-hmm. So think about that mm-hmm. for a second, right? Mm-hmm. Like our bodies produce electricity. Mm-hmm. Here we are talking about programming, mm-hmm. communication with mm-hmm. one another. Mm-hmm. Your DNA holds that. Your organs hold that. Mm-hmm. There's there's there, there's no separation between, I mean, I'm getting goosebumps from it, John. Yeah. There's, there's no, your heart and your liver are, I'm just arbitrarily picking organs mm-hmm. right now, or your thymus, like for these, these, these organs to communicate and and not just the organs but the pathways in between Mm -hmm. you know you could have your two substations Mm -hmm. but if the wires are down going in between Mm -hmm. and there's a bad connection right Mm -hmm. you're going to overproduce a hyperactive thyroid let's Mm -hmm. say or Mm -hmm. something like that Mm -hmm. so um i got into yoga to increase the Mm -hmm. electrical production in Mm -hmm. my body purely from a physical standpoint Mm -hmm. and my practice in the beginning was very much physical Mm -hmm. um very much power based, etc., if you will, and then it morphed into into what it is now, which is I use yoga uh, to increase the electrical production. I, that's still the, the 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 why behind my practice, and that electrical production though has has the the idea of it has expanded into more than just myself. It's expanded into wow, how can I impact myself people talk about presence when someone walks in the room and they mm-hmm. have a presence mm-hmm. like how can you how can you impact the world how can you impact the community and uh, heather loves this 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 phrase or this little uh, saying that i that i heard and that i say all the time john that if you can if you can impact the family then you can impact your community mm-hmm. and if you can impact your community you can impact your state your state your country your country the world Right, and then you can make a difference, mm-hmm. and that's a billionaire mm-hmm. being able to impact that many people, and that's my mission. Mm-hmm. And so now, from an electrical standpoint, if we're going to go off of that transmission, thoughts, vibration, you know, you were talking about, mm-hmm. uh, they measured. You heard in a study, so it was at seventy thousand thoughts a day, mm-hmm. and then you went as far as saying some are conscious and subconscious. Mm-hmm. Well, back to frequencies that I put into the tank right, right now. Right. So, like, how is that measured? Well, I would venture, I didn't, don't quote me on this and I'd like to look it up together. Um, we can fact check it, but it's got to be based off of electrical pulses from the brain. Sure. Yeah. And that's going to put off that electrical is going to put off Hertz or some type of vibration. It's a wave. It's measured in waves. Mm-hmm. And then how do you differentiate conscience from subconscious? Well, you do that by the type of waves that are coming off, which we've talked alpha, beta, delta, theta, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So we reside in this beta frequency where most people are, you know, constant on and they need drugs, they need melatonin or they need something to come down from that. And then we're, 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 we're in, we're putting iPhones and things in front of our eyes and our mind to 
produce more of that to keep ourselves on with white light and blue light and things that are happening now. So, and then we're drinking coffee and stimulants to keep that going even more. So we're just like, we're just, we're just bankrupting our systems, John. But take those frequencies. My point was not to digress too much. And that's why in the tank I put in, you went all the way down through those frequencies down to beta, down all the way to theta through delta or, or uh, theta to delta rather, or uh, high delta. And it was five hertz was the last one that you're on, the theta frequency. And that is where one would call in, in yoga, in, in your shavasana, getting into this meditative state that you work so hard to get to. And the tank or yoga can put you there. But now, if you were able to do that, if our thoughts, if our thoughts, with your thoughts you create the world. And if our world is vibration, and our thoughts are vibration, my goal is, my personal goal is to be able to receive and transmit. We're an antenna. Mm-hmm. So it went from, from a need for survival to increase the electrical production of my body to starting to study these things and say, oh, wait, man, this is all connected. I was also started this study called Cymatics, C-Y-M-A-T-I-C-S. And basically it's, if you see this teapot here, John, mm. if I hit the table mm-hmm. and it would be very subtle, but it'll put like a, mm-hmm. a little pattern through it. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's vibe, even though it's through force right now and it's through a tactical, it's still giving some type of uh, response and mm-hmm. it's giving a little, a little pattern in that. And if I can get kind of consistent with the pressure and the tap, you can see that the pattern's kind of consistent. That's in the water. Well, somatics is you take, let's say we take that medium, the tea there, or we take sand on a plate or we take the medium and the salt tank that I just did to you. And when you look at it on a screen, it will make the same, like I'm talking complex geometrical patterns. Mm -hmm. So if I took a 440 and I put it through a tone generator, 440 Hertz and, and a vibrated sand on a plate, it will make that pattern Mm -hmm. over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And then that goes back to the whole sacred geometry loop. So this is just like where, how's it applicable? Mm -hmm. And so you can get like real far out on it, quantum physics, we can get like real far out on it, or just like bring it back to thought patterns where we started the conversation, taking responsibility for your thought patterns and, uh, and growing from there. I guess that's long-winded answer of what we do different. I don't know, bud. The tribe aspect is cool. There's, I I think, I think we learn from one another. We support one another. Um, You know, it's community that is formed. Um, And, you know, it's, it's sort of crazy with, with all the technology um, that we have at our fingertips yeah, I, I, you know, to some degree we're plugged in and we know what's going on, you know, the Snapchat or the Instagram or the Twitter or whatever. But, you know, I don't know that you're you're just sort of skimming the surface there. I, I, I think there's a I think there's a we, we still have a longing and we still have a have a need to, to, to really connect on a deeper personal level. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the tribe community thing that you're talking about here gives uh people that opportunity in our like alchemy john a place where Mm -hmm. people can come together Mm -hmm. and share ideas like this yeah share their stories i told you when we were sitting on the bench the other day when i was talking with heather i had the idea when she and i were eye to eye about stories of a community and that's what this is, you know, right now you and I are talking about more about meditation in the tank and stuff like that. But man, every single person in here has a unique story. Sure they do. As, as much as that's as special as it is, and it's not special, we got into that whole thing, but everyone has a unique story that's very real to them. Mm-hmm. And that just in and of itself, by telling that story and by getting out and by not being judged by it can have profound effects. 
So that's why this podcast was so important to me also, to be able to create the space, Mm -hmm. to sit, share ideas, share these ideologies, and share people's stories. Mm -hmm. And and then maybe, just maybe, one person out there realizes they're not alone. Mm -hmm. Maybe one person out there be like, oh, well, I'll email, you know, I really like John's voice or like I got a good vibe from him and I felt like I could relate with him. So I'm going to um, email them and figure out like maybe start a meditation practice. Yeah, yeah or come totally. And try. Totally. Or someone hears Heather's story and mm-hmm. can, can totally relate to it, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's also what we do different. Mm-hmm. You know, just taking the time on an individual basis and getting to know one another and caring, being, you know, taking the time to listen. It's cool. Some wild stuff, man. <laughs> it's real, though. That's what I mean. It's real. And you can tell just by the break right here. It's like we're not just trying to fill the space with noise. Yeah. I could. I, I mean, I could be complete right now. You know, it's a lot to think about. <laughs> and and look, I I don't think anyone. I mean, I'm not trying to say that I've got the answer. Um, because I don't. Yeah. I've just, um, you know, I've spent a lot of time uh, thinking through, reading, studying, talking to people, um, and I've got this. I've got this one little thing that's that's working for me right now, and and you know, if it can help somebody, taking some aspects of what we've talked about and and try it, that's awesome. If someone has some suggestions or ideas that they that they feel like they can improve upon, you know what what we're talking about here, man, I'd yeah. love to hear it. Right? Same. Yes, yeah. up for sure. Yeah. I think one one part that I struggle with with all this too mm. is um, not being so hard on myself. I go through this process a lot of the times because you see these patterns, and it's just like, oh, I want to break them. Like, I want I want this to be done. Yeah. And uh and knowing that it's in there somewhere, like that's the thing about taking a hundred percent accountability and responsibility. Yeah. Knowing that it's all you. The answer's not out there with John. It's not out there with somebody else. It's it's here within me. And to find those patterns and to find that oftentimes I can get um I get hard on myself to find it. Yeah, and, and look, man, um <clears throat> being being patient with yourself is important. Yeah. And, you know, we talk about forgiving other people, um, but, you know, forgiving yourself too, I think is an important part of that. You know, I mean, going back to some of that stuff that, that, you know, some of those programs that got baked into us when we were kids, you know, if it, (laughs) I mean, that was, 50 years ago, 40 years ago, 30 years ago, 20 years ago. And if it, if it, you know, if it took us that amount of time to get, to get that, that thought pattern baked in, then I, I, I think, I think we need to be understanding and patient that it's going to take some work and some time to reprogram that. And, and, Patience is not anything any of us, I think, are particularly good at. Not in this day and age. <laughs> no. Exactly. Yeah. But, but um, you, I mean, we've got to be patient with this stuff because it's hard and it's baked, it's, it, it's baked in there deep. Going back to how deep it's baked in there, John. Yeah. Have you ever heard of epigenetics? Mm-mm. So um, my buddy Tom here is one of the, te- one of the teachers and my teacher mm. also. Mm. He talks about epigenetics a lot in class. And he'll, I don't know the exact studies or the exact, the exact amount of ancestors, mm-hmm. something like five to six generations, mm-hmm. they're tracing back the imprint that your DNA and the programs that you're still carrying lives based on that combination that you received. 
So you're not only dealing with your stuff, you're dealing with the DNA that you have inside you also that's imprinted. Five to seven generations yes, back. Sir. Epigenetics, look yeah. it up. Yeah. Fascinating. We should have them on and talk about it. And you know, uh, so, I mean, you you think about that. And so, what what we're saying is, a lot of this stuff gets baked into us when we're kids and we have no control over it. Mm-hmm. But then, following up, on what you're saying there, yep. there's another component that is genetic based. That's correct. <laughs> Going seven seven generations tissue. back. Yeah. Your tissue. That's why movement is so important. Yeah. Breaking it up, resolving it, understanding what comes up as you as you open up your calves or you get in that sauna and you you get these heat shock protein. You're you're manipulating we're an organism, so it's gonna release different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, you're dealing with patterns that far back that are embedded in your DNA. Yeah, so it's important not to get discouraged. <laughs> Have a little bit of patience <laughs> a little for the bit speck of, of time that I'm alive. A little bit of patience. A little bit of patience. Yeah. You know what the coolest part about all this is, John? Hmm. I mean, next time it will get into your story, but I don't even know it. We just hit it off. I know you're Heather's husband. I know you did something with something with finance or something once, but like, doesn't even matter. It's just like... Doesn't matter how we got here, man. We're all here. We're just hanging out. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I just... That's the coolest part. It's not like, and today I have my friend John. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, no, dude, he just got to have a two and a half hour float, two hour and 15 minute float. Did you put music on? (laughs) Or am I going crazy? (laughs) No, you know, we've all... we, We all have our own story. We have got our own backgrounds and... Uh, we've lived our own life, but you know, the thing that we have in common is, is we have this moment in common. That's it. We have this moment. Yeah. Right. And, um, I genuinely enjoy our moments together. That's the thing, you know, and that's, what's different about here. Like when people walk in, everyone genuinely enjoys their interaction with one another. Yeah. And, and, and it, it, it brings you, you know, not talking about sally sue and 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 whoever it is mr smith you know yeah 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 it's like no what's up john yeah yeah no it's like that it's like that safe place that um you know it's a loving forgiving environment cool yeah man thanks for coming thank you Thank you. We'll do it again. Oh, hope so. Okay, dude. Later, John.